Welcome in to another episode of Home Field Advantage. My name is Will Highland and I am your host. Today is September 6th, 2021 and I hope you're having a great Labor Day. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening across our great nation or our great land. Definitely feels like fall with this holiday weekend and the start of college football, the eve of the NFL season, the MLB pennant race is heating up, and everything of the like. It is that time of year, my friends. And I'm very excited to welcome back to the program this episode a friend of the show, my first co-host I ever had on my old podcast, The Sports Guys, which I had during college at Colby Sawyer in New Hampshire. His name is Cam Kiesa. He's a native of Springfield, Vermont. He's a high school and middle school educator and coach. He's a sports expert, a diehard Tar Heels fan, diehard uh, Florida Gators fan, big NFL, NBA NHL and MLB fan for the Boston teams as well, and he's just all around a great guy. And I was lucky enough to have Cam on my show for the first season way back in 2015, the sports guys at Colby Seward College, and then I actually had him on this program before, back in December 2019 when we recapped the 2010s in sports. So I hope you enjoy this episode. We'll be talking definitely all NFL Big picks of the year. You might hear some repeat picks that I gave, um, but most of the program will be hearing his unfiltered, entertaining sports takes, which Mr. Kiesa does not lack in that department. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Please like, share, and subscribe, and sit back and listen to us talk some NFL. All right, and like I mentioned in the intro, I'd like to welcome into the program good old friend of our old show, the Sports Guys, co-host of that show from 2015 to 2016. He's a native of Springfield, Vermont. His name is Cam Chiesa. Cam, welcome to Home Field Advantage. Well, good to be talking to you, my friend. Thanks for having me on. Well, yeah, well, thank you for um, taking the time out of your Labor Day weekend to join us here talking football. Uh, when I had, when we had originally talked last weekend about having you on the show, this was before some major Patriots news. I had thought we would be still maybe talking about who was going to start, um, considering that some teams are just now, you know, making their decision about who, who will be starting. Uh, but now that that's that decision with the Patriots is out of the way and Mac Jones has been appointed the starting quarterback, I want to get your thoughts on Mac Jones and the departure of Cam Newton and everything related to that uh, saga, and then we'll just go on from there. Awesome. So, yeah, I know we talked a week and a half ago, and I thought we'd be discussing Cam versus Mac and would Mac be playing this year at all. And, you know, after watching some preseason games, at least in my eyes, Belichick really had to make this decision. Um, You look at this rookie class of quarterbacks, you know, with Wilson, Lawrence, Lance, uh, Mac, and Mac Jones, I think, was the safest pick. 
I thought. When we got him at 15, Justin Fields as well was in that conversation. When we got Mac, I was excited. I did not think he'd be this accurate and this poised already. He comes from a Saban, Saban, the Saban Alabama team, obviously. Saban and Belichick are really two of the same hand. Uh, Mac looks like a 10-year vet already in terms of his leadership, his poise in the huddle. So I'm excited for Mac. There's going to be some rookie mistakes. There's going to be some learning issues. And there's going to be some rough games, I think, for us as Pats fans to understand at the beginning. But I think Matt gives us the best chance to make the playoffs. I think he's going to be much better than Cam ever could be at this point. And I'll just add one thing about Cam. Cam deserves a lot of credit for his short time here. He came in last year. It was a COVID camp. He had no OTAs, no camp. He missed a lot of time. It's not easy to learn this offense. And for him to come in and have the start he did last year, the Seattle game, you know, we beat the Bills if he doesn't fumble. So, well, I think it might be over for Cam in the NFL. I, I, do, I don't want to just kick the man when he's down. But Mac is the guy for Bill and for us. And I think moving forward, he's going to be the guy. Yeah, absolutely. And, it was, you know, it's sort of like when you're um... – you know, you, you get a new car, but, like, you still got the old car. And, like, okay, do you do you start driving the new car all the time now? Or do you want to ease into it or save it for the end of the winter or the spring or whatever? I don't think they wanted to save Mac Jones. You know, I think they wanted to go for it. And I, I would argue that that was always what they wanted to do, I think. Like, you know, I think they, I think they had came around because they knew they needed, you know, that insurance. Um, but once they saw a look at, uh, Jones on the practice field and what he did in you know with the playbook and in meetings and you know uh, with with the preseason games I think they were willing to take that risk I mean it, let's not sugarcoat it it is still a risk um, Cam Newton's still an NFL veteran um, you know he's he's not who like you said he's not who he once was he's a playmaker he's not a play caller right and I think they wanted a guy who was going to be a play caller. Um, and that's, that's, uh, that's what Mac is. Uh, he's there. I've heard a lot of comps about Mac, um, throughout the weeks. You know, I've heard people compare him to, uh, Joe Flacco, uh, Tony Romo. Um, but I mean, if he's Joe Flacco, uh, Joe, you know, Joe Flacco still won a Super Bowl. Um, so I, I, I don't know. There's a lot of expectations around Mac. Um, but I, I tend to agree with you. This is the guy that the Pats wanted um, wanted to have in their back pocket. Like, he's the guy they wanted to start. Because um, why why wait around? You know, the best, the best practice that he's going to get isn't going to be in the fourth quarter when they're losing to the, you know, Titans 24 to 10 and it's garbage time. The, the best he's going to get is when it's Miami 425, week one, let's go. Because now... Miami, New England, they're gonna they're going for that second spot in the division. You know, like it's yeah, it's open. That's a huge thing to not forget about. It's not it's not just New England can't just wake up and win twelve games and, and go win the division. That's over. Those days are gone for now, you know? Yeah, totally. And with yeah. with with Mac, it's like all right, there's gonna be some growing pains, right? Like he's not gonna be awesome all the time. But they have a third place schedule for the first time in thirteen years. They're have they're playing a non first place schedule, you know. So they don't have to go play Kansas City or 
um, Baltimore, I, I don't believe, or Pittsburgh. I think, I think they're, they, they play the South this year. So they're, you know, they're going to get Tennessee and Indianapolis. Um, but they're not going to Which get. I like, for the record, I like them playing the Colts this year. Yeah. So that's fine with just want to throw it out there. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and I think this year the pa- the Patriots will take advantage of that schedule. And look, and they're playing the NFC South too this year, but the NFC South got worse with now that Breeze left New Orleans. So I think the the Patriots have have it out in front of them to really go. They could really go ten and seven um, or eleven and six at best. I don't think they're going to go better than eleven and six. Uh, not with a rookie quarterback. Um, but I don't think they're going to go like five and twelve or you know seven and ten. I I don't see them being as bad, mainly because their schedule and they're going to be like you said playing the style of football that they want. You know, well, I think you nailed it. You know, I have a lot of I have a lot of friends and colleagues who love who are just loving the Patriots struggles right now. And I think about last year's ball club. Okay, we almost were a winning team. Where I believe we're seven and nine with a Cam Newton who threw for 65 yards in a win against the Chargers. I mean, this team's not worse than last year, okay? And people can't forget about Bill Belichick and how he, to me, is the greatest football coach to ever live, at the very least in this generation. So with Bill, with this style of play, with this type of quarterback, you nailed it. Max a play caller, not a playmaker, and that's perfect. The best part is you talked about the record. In my notes, I actually had them going 11-6. and six. Yeah. I think everything goes the right way. I think ten and seven's a fair choice, but I don't see them going four and thirteen, five and twelve, nothing like that. I don't really see those big struggles. Now with Mac in place, I have a lot more concerns about the Patriots in the quarterback position. You know, I'm still the jury to me is still out on their skill positions, and I worry about their defensive line still. So I have other concerns than just. Mac yeah. versus Cam. Well, yeah. Oh, to- oh, totally. Yeah, and and like the quarterback was definitely the big elephant in the room in the offseason because, look, when you go two decades of having the best player to ever walk on the field in the sport, and then he goes and you are left with drafting a guy mid-first round and re-signing a veteran who didn't play well for you, that's a huge question. And then not to mention... You had two other guys in the room that haven't necessarily played well for you in the regular season games that they've seen lately. You know, Stidham and Hoyer aren't necessarily reliable. So I think the whole um, the whole uh, situation of quarterback was obviously the one that everyone wanted to talk about. But you nailed it. Look, think about it. They've got they added a bunch of new pieces on uh, defense. I like Matt Judon. I think Matt Judon is going to be good, but. He could flop. I mean, they brought guys in on defense that were free agents in the past that have flopped, uh, like Adelis Thomas, right, back in the day. So they brought in, or Sean Springs, or some of these guys that they brought in that have, yep. that, that ended up flopping for them. Um, but they've also, you know, they're getting Hightower back, who's a year, who's literally two years removed from playing. He, you know, he had uh, the COVID opt-out. He's older I mean, I still think they're going to be good, but they, they as good as their defense can be, the, it's not like a slam dunk that they're going to be like a top three defense. I think they can be, but it's not a, that's not a slam dunk either, especially if you think about Stephon Gilmore is out the first six weeks of the season, at least. Yeah. Do you have a thought on I, Steph uh, Gilmore? Yeah, well, you can 
sorry, well, you just nailed that. You know, everybody is riding home about our, our defense, Patriots defense. I'm not sold. I do like Kyle Van Noy being back. I think he was very overrated the first tenure here. I think Brian Flores had a lot to do with the success of Van Noy. I'm not saying Van Noy is a bad player. I'm happy he's back. The linebacker room needed some help for sure. The only group I really trust is the secondary, actually. I do like J.C. Jackson back there. Um, yeah. Devin McCourty's still back there. We have some – I know we just got Sean Wade from Baltimore. Kyle Duggar's pretty good. Kyle Duggar, yeah, he actually played very well. He got his reps increased during the year. The jury's still out, though. Um, this is not an offense that's going to give you huge leads either. This defense is going to have to create some short fields, going to have to hold, make some stops, get off the field on third down. We're going to see what happens. I think you nailed it. Hightower, to me, Hightower was slow and couldn't cover two years ago. So I worry about that now. Um, I'm just not sold. And I think Stephon Gilmore's days of being a top three corner might be over. Unless I see – I hope I'm wrong, but it's not looking good. He well, he's coming, off an, he's coming yeah. off an injury. He, yeah, pro- he doesn't right? really so, want to play for the Patriots. Like, no, he's made that clear. He doesn't want to pay. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to play under this contract. So yeah. I'm worried about that as well. I don't know where you stand. But, yeah, and the, um, and I like the secondary. The secondary isn't a huge concern. I I think the front seven will be good. I think the secondary will be good. And but I'd kind of I'd be like you. I I do trust J C Jackson. I like him. I'm just like I don't know. They're gonna be playing some teams with some good receivers this year. You know they're playing the Titans. They're playing the Buccaneers. So they're playing some teams with some good receivers. And Jalen Mills, they got him from the Eagles. I don't he's supposed to be a corner. I think he became a safety or vice versa. So they still got McCourty though. They got Kyle Duggar. Like there is some continuity there. Um and the Patriots have always played the best and they have continuity in their secondary. If you look at some of the years, like we talked about before we started recording, some of those years where they hobbled their way into the playoffs, it's because they had not they had like no uh, consistency with who was on the field uh, in the secondary. Uh, Pat Chung retired, though that's that's a that that's gonna be not um, that's gonna add to the inconsistency, I think with what they're used to doing. But defensively, I tend to agree. I think the secondary will be pretty good. Um, I don't know. I, JC Jackson's awesome, but he is he, can he really be a one? I don't, I still agree with you though about Gilmore. Uh, Gilmore is great, but I, I don't, I think he's not getting any faster. Um, he's still talented. They still rely, they'll still rely on him, but they got to wait for him to come back on the field first. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's going to be out. He's on the PUP list. He's out six weeks. That's not just missing one game, obviously. So, and the thing is, a lot of the a lot of the situation now with New England is we just don't know. There's a lot of unknown and for, you know, for fans the last two decades, that's been a luxury we've we've always known what we're going to get. Even the years the defense was inconsistent, there was a lot of turnover, and frankly they weren't very good. You know you had number 12 on the other side taking care of business. Yeah. And I know, I'll never forget, you know, late, early 2010s, we had Edelman playing defense. So, I mean, we've always found a way to win, but with no number 12 over there, I'm just concerned. I'm just concerned about uh, just the health and the consistency of what we're going to get uh, in general. Um, 
Special teams wise, I actually am very high on the Pats. Really, our new kick. Yeah, our new kicker. I liked our new kicker. I think I did want to ask Jake, about that. Uh, Jake Bailey's a top three punter to me in the NFL, and obviously Cardona's a good snapper. Gunner returning kicks is what it looks like it's going to be. We'll see about that part, but I think we'll get back to more kicking consistency. You know, again, will with Vinatieri and Gostowski from all those years, the kicking position was taken care of, and. With Nick Folk back there and other guys, we've learned that uh, the kicking position can mess you up in the NFL well, for sure. If you're not yeah, well, solid they there, have, you can lose games easily. Who'd they have, well, not last year, but maybe two years ago after Guskowski got hurt and they brought in this other guy with Nick Folk and that other guy was awful. What was his name? Mike, was it Mike Nugent? Yeah, it was Nugent because he was yeah. a bigger guy and he like missed, he missed like three extra points in two weeks, I believe, and he was cut pretty quick. Yeah. So it just goes there's a kicking shortage. Yeah, and Quentin Nordine, Quentin Nordine will be pretty I think he'll be okay. Um he's kinda like I know you golf, right? He's kinda like he, he's Bryson DeChambeau, like he'll wail it, but it could be in the rough. Whereas the guy before, he was kinda like, you know, he was uh Ricky Fowler, like he's gonna hit fairways. <laughs> you know, he's not gonna I like, I like the kid. I like his leg well. I yeah. Mean, he's got he's got the leg and Frankly, why not? I'd rather take a chance with this guy than t- to see Nick Folk shank thirty-five yarders again. I, I, yeah, I Nick, I mean, yeah, Nick, Nick Folk. I think they liked him because he was an outdoor kicker. But th- I mean, this guy kicked in the Big Ten, right? Like, exactly. there you go. Yeah, I, so it's not like he was an SEC kicker who played in domes in warm weather all year. Uh, you know, he played in Michigan. You know, Michigan, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Ohio State, like you know, Iowa, Minnesota. Although they, yeah, Minnesota like plays that. indoors, Correct. but you know what I mean. Yeah, so yeah, he'll be he could be awesome. I'm just worried about his accuracy, but we'll see. They still have Nick Folk on the practice squad if something goes wrong. Um, so we'll see what happens with their kicker. I agree. I'm not really worried about Jake Bailey. Jake Bailey's an asset. He's probably the best punter in the NFL. Uh, although the guy from I think he's at, least, at least top three. I was being conservative. Yeah, the guy. Uh, the guy from Johnny Hecker's pretty good. <laughs> Johnny Hicker from the Rams is pretty good. Or if he still plays over there, I forget. Um, yep. So, yeah, we'll yeah we'll see we'll see there. Uh, do you think? Do you think they have any shot? And this will be a good segue into our into our next conversation um, with Mac at quarterback. We've talked about Mac. We talked about the changes. Do you think they have any shot at the AFC East? I'm gonna say this. Okay, I'm gonna, this actually leads me into one of my big points I wanted to make in this podcast today. There is, I always judge my opinions on, can I see a world where this situation happens, right? That's how I always look at long shot things. Because I think it's a long shot. Josh Allen, Buffalo quarterback, to me, is the most confusing player in the league, to me. <laughs> so I, th- I think personally, and I've gotten a lot of flack for this, I think Josh Allen can be the MVP of the league. I also think he could lose his job. <laughs> so I think his floor is very really low, and I think his ceiling is very high, obviously. With that being said, it would take Allen to go way the other way in terms of regress- regressing and having a really bad year for the Pats to win the AFC East. I have Buffalo winning that division comfortably. I just don't really see a world where Buffalo gets that much worse. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I agree. I would say, I would say, 
I'd say five percent chance they win the division. Yeah, I agree. Although I'm, I'm, and I talked about this when I did my solo podcast a couple weeks ago on the AFC. Is I'm looking at the Bills' schedule now. All right, the Bills are now playing. We talked about how the Patriots are playing a third place schedule for the first time in a while. The Bills now have to play a first place schedule, and I'm just going to read you. And and there are two sides to this coin. Um, like all coins, I guess. I'm going to <laughs> I'll go in to re- read you the like first eight games. Home against home against Steelers at Dolphins, home against Washington, home against Houston, at Chiefs, at Titans, home against Dolphins, and then they you know, then they have the Jags and the Jets, and then you know, then they go at New Orleans, and then they go at Tampa later on in de- in December and November. So like, the Bills got a tough schedule. Early on, they get all the hard teams at home. Like, they get the Steelers at home. They get the Washington whatever at home. And they get – but then they got to go to Arrowhead. They got to go to Superdome. They have to go to Tampa. And then, you know, that's really the – those are their three hard road games. So they have a tough – they do have a tough schedule. So I'm just wondering, like, they could flop early and open the door for it to get interesting – uh, mid midway through the year, but I tend to agree with you that at the end of that at the end of the year, they're uh, they'll still probably go like twelve and five, thirteen and four, which will be enough to win the division. That's going to be good enough. Well, I'm gonna I, this might shock you, but here I'm happy you read me that schedule because Pittsburgh does not scare me at all. I uh, I don't have much faith in the Steelers anymore. I think Big Ben is shot. If I'm Buffalo, I'm more worried about that Washington football team game, honestly, because that's a really good young defense. Yeah. So, I mean, they and the Dolphins are kind of confusing too. So right, exactly. The Dolphins yeah. are very confusing. Like you yeah. can pencil in the Patriots to lose one game of the Dolphins, and probably yeah, one I game of the Bills this year easily, right? And in the same way, you can probably pencil in that the Bills they're probably going to lose to Kansas City. They're probably going to lose to Miami once, and yes. you know they're probably going to lose to either Tampa Bay, New Orleans, or. Um, Washington, one well, of those gonna, three. They're losing to Tampa for sure. I, we'll, we'll talk about Tampa later, but yeah, they're definitely losing to Tampa. <laughs> yeah, one of those three, one of those three NFC games, they're probably going to lose one of those. So, I mean, you could, we could go through the Patriots schedule and do the same thing. Probably, I'm just saying that the it's not a slam dunk that the Bills are going to like blow everyone out of the water. Because you're right, Josh Allen is very confusing. That that team is stacked. They're there. They got better. The Patriots got better too, but they got even better. They got you know they brought in Emmanuel Sanders, who I know he's getting old, but that's still another weapon. They brought back most of their defensive starters, who took less to stay there. So yeah, I think and they got a good coach for the first time. You know, McDermott has really settled in there. Man, they got a good coach for the first time since. I can't even remember the last time I had a good coach in Buffalo, a coach like this. So, yeah, that is a huge part of this whole equation. And this guy, I'll say, Sean McDermott's not scared of Bill Belichick. You know, you've seen other guys in the AFC East over the years. You know, we've we've been watching Patriots football our whole lives. You can tell other coaches come in there already mentally beaten by Bill. And and McDermott never had that issue. Yeah, neither did Rex Ryan, really. That's a good point, too. Yes. Rex was like that as well. For better or for worse, he did not care. But like Adam Gase, like I'm um, Adam Gase, oh. not a, was never afraid of him. Some of these guys that the Dolphins had was were complete bozos. Uh, the 
and then like Todd Bowles, like or um, who they have after um, who they who the Bills have before McDermott, probably some Doug Marone. I feel like someone like that. Doug Marone and Chan Gailey was there yeah. for a little bit. I feel like so nobody really worth their salt. But yeah. all right, so yeah, I think we can agree that the. Bills are going to win the AFC East. What about the AFC South? Are you, are you high on the Titans? I am. Yeah. I am because, again, I'm a little biased here, but Mike Rayroll has shown that he can get it done as a head football coach in the National Football League. I love Derrick Henry. Yeah. I think Derrick Henry is probably the best shot at the MVP non-quarterback-wise this year. Yep. Tannehill is going to be Tannehill. And, frankly, with the Watson situation – Wentz has got COVID. The Jaguars still stink. Um, to me, that's a layup. I would I'd take that all day. Yeah, that's and like obviously, football, we, football. we didn't even talk about Houston, who's an absolute train wreck. Um, you know, the the Jags, they might be good in like 2026, but they got some, they need some time. Like, really, they need some time. Yeah, I know. You're right. Yeah. You're right. They need I some just don't see it. I just don't see Urban Meyer as NFL head coach. I don't think it's going to last. No. And this is coming from a Florida native. By the way, yeah. a huge Gators guy. I, I, I have every reason to believe in Urban, and from what I've seen so far, w- with the way the NFL works, he's not going to last. That's my opinion. Yeah. But. Oh, yeah. Totally. So, yeah, I'm kind of with you on that division. Uh, I think the the Jaguars and the Texans will be um, bottom feeders. Uh, Indianapolis, they could sneak into a wild card. Um, all right. So then we'll do the North. You said you weren't afraid of the Steelers. So who do you like in that division? Do you like Baltimore or Cleveland? No, I don't. I love Cleveland Browns, man. I love it. I think they have – I think Kevin Stefanski is that the type of guy that is going to change that entire franchise. He's already started that process. Baker gets a lot of hate from people, and some of it's deserved. I'm not sitting here – I'm not a Baker apologist by any stretch. But if you're a Cleveland Browns fan and you've had the likes of Tim Couch – and Brady Quinn and all these guys, and you get Baker in there, and he's won more games than they've won in a long time. I'm not a big Lamar guy either, and I think Big Ben's had his his days of being a good starter are over, in my opinion. So I'm going Cleveland. I think they're 11-win ball club. I think they're going to comfortably yeah. win the division by at least a game or two. Yeah. I don't know where you are. but Yeah, so um, this is the division that – there's a couple divisions that like just blow my mind, and this it's is hard. what – this is one of those divisions, all right? Because you could, I'm saying this, you could arguably make a case that all four of those teams could be a playoff team. And, Agreed. And people are like, well, don't, what about the Bengals? Okay, well, the Bengals could. Some of these quarterbacks, they need like a year two. And Joe Burrow could be that guy. He could be that guy that excels in year two. Only issue with the Bengals is that they have no offensive line. Uh they got T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Jamar Chase. They've got probably three of the maybe ten best receivers under the age of twenty-three in the league. Like if you look at the guys, if you look at the guys who haven't played more than two years in the NFL, they probably have three of the best ten. You know, you can look around and you can say Justin Jefferson, Terry McLaurin, other receivers around AJ Brown, uh, DK Metcalf. They have three of them, not one of them. Yeah, exactly. But they have three of them. So I think I think, and they've you know they have a young quarterback, so they could make some noise. They could play spoiler. I think, I think more than likely they'll play spoiler. Um, it's shocking to hear that you are high on the 
Browns because at our end of the decade podcast two years ago or almost two years ago, you gave uh, you know our good friend Nick Miller a hard time for liking uh, or for being high on the Browns. So what's changed? Is it really there? Is it last year that really changed your mind on the Browns? It's it's Kevin Stefanski. Really, yeah. it, it really is for me. I think. You know, everybody likes to get into these talking points about the NFL, but Will, you and I know, if you have a head coach and a quarterback, you're going to be a contender. And I think the Browns have that now. Now, I'm not saying Baker is a Hall of Famer or anything like that, but I think Baker is an above-average starter. I think he's a, I think he's a top-ten guy easily. And with everything else, the running game they have, Stefanski has proven, even with, his, with the COVID situation, that he can take a situation like that in Cleveland, who all they know is losing – and they're a couple plays away from beating the Chiefs. You know, that, they really could have won that game against Kansas City. A couple things go a different way. So yeah. that's what changed for me. Yeah, well, don't forget, in that, don't forget in that Chiefs game that Andy Reid went for it on uh, fourth and two. And if they, yes. they make a stop, the game's pretty much over. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's not crazy to believe in a, in a, in a similar world, Cleveland's gonna, Cleveland advances past Kansas City. I'm not saying I found that again, but to me, just if you have the head coach and the quarterback in place, I'm going to trust you a little bit more. And I think they have that. That's where, yeah. I, that's where I stand with them. Yeah, and then Baltimore. Baltimore is weird. They don't have J.K. Dobbins. That's a big loss because they wanted to be a running. They wanted to be a running team. Now Lamar went from two years ago having Mark Ingram. Last year he had J.K. Dobbins. Now he's got nobody really of. Uh, you know, of high, you know, importance on that offensive side of the ball. He's got Hollywood Brown. He's got that good tight end. But beyond that, like, Lamar doesn't have a lot of, like, tools in the shed, right? And he, right. And then right. himself, he himself doesn't have a lot of tools in the shed. Because, if you know, if someone can scheme and, you know, put an athletic linebacker, you know, to spy or something, then you, they really minimize, like, what Lamar can do against you. And then, you know, that defense, they lost – they lost uh, Matt Judon to the Pats. They lost their best offensive lineman to the Chiefs. You know, Melinda Brown. Yeah, they yeah. lost some of their best players, um, either due to injury or due to the offseason transactions. So I'm worried about the. I'm worried about the Ravens, uh, and then I tend to agree with you on the Steelers. They have a good young offensive pieces. They got great young receivers. You know, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. They got that nice young running back now. Um, Najee Harris. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, yep. And, you know, they obviously got T.J. Watt and have some good guys in the secondary. But I am worried about, you know, Ben's not going to – we know he's not going to hold up, right? Like, we know he's not going to hold up. So it's really – That's the heaven now, isn't it, Will? I mean, he – I think those days of playing even 14 games for Ben are over too. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, he, he – you know. Now the question is how long will it be before – you know, before he uh, breaks down again. You know, they have they have an interesting quarterback room around him. You know, they got Josh Dobbs, Mason Rudolph, and Dwayne Haskins. None of those guys really. Uh, and, and then they got Ben. It's like kind of this. Weird, it's kind of like the Patriots quarterback room. Like you don't know what to make of it. So if he goes down, it's like they really. And then they they gotta, gotta play a first place schedule. So I I don't I don't believe in the Steelers either. Um, so I guess let's move on to the West, right? The West is yeah. kind of easy, to, right? Like, the Chiefs are going to win that division. But I, 
just a tad. They're going to win the division, but there's this kid in L.A. who I like quite a bit that might make some things interesting for them. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, you got you to gotta remember, okay. I believe it was the Chargers last year who pretty much stopped the Chiefs from going 16-0. and up. Correct. And I love, not like, love Justin Herbert. Okay? Yeah. I think this this guy can make every throw. The Chargers are historically known for blowing in on special teams and losing one-score games. If they can ever find a way to fix that, they're a 10-win ball team. They're a, they're a 10-win team. So I'm not saying there's going to be any real challenge to Kansas City. Mahomes is the best player in football still. Easily the best quarterback, the best offense. They're the, they're the, to me, they're the champs until otherwise spoken in terms of the AFC. So, I don't think they're going to run through Division 8-0 or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know where you stand, but I, I still have Kansas City, obviously. Yeah. I just get excited about Herbert. No, no. I, 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 and this division is really interesting, too, because we'll know that we'll talk, we'll, we'll talk about this more when we wrap up. But really, the AFC is wide open. And so, the, this division is interesting because... I don't think the Raiders are really going to be a factor, but they could play spoiler. They could mix, make it interesting. They might, you know, they might go like nine and eight or 10 and seven and like maybe like maybe even eight and nine or something like that and try and try and like sort of squeak into the wild card mix. Um, but I don't see the Raiders really doing a lot, even though, you know, Darren Waller, uh, they got Josh Jacobs, Derek Carr. I, I, I don't know what to make of them, really. But they're still, they could still play spoilers. Same with the Broncos. You know, they're moving on, really, from Drew Locke, it looks like, already. You know, they, they want Teddy to be wow. their... I know, right? Like, they want, they want Teddy to be their guy this year. I don't even think to Teddy... Me bad call. To me, that's a bad call. I guess add really quick. I disagree with that. We know what Bridgewater is and needs a stopgap. I'll let you keep going, but I just wanted to throw it out there. Oh, uh, well, that was exactly what I was going to say. Like... There, he's okay. good enough to like win you some games, but he's not gonna bring you to the Super Bowl. Like we know that by now, he's been in the league six or seven years, um, and he's he you know I'll give him credit. He's come back from a pretty horrific injury to like you know be a serviceable quarterback. But I look at that team, and I'm like, okay, well they're they're pretty good on offense too. Jerry Judy, Cordell Sutton, um, they've got Noah Fant. Like they're good. I just don't really think they're gonna push. So it really comes down to L.A. Chargers and the Chiefs. And obviously, I, I think the Chiefs are going to go 14-3. Um, I, there you go. I think the Chiefs will win that division. They might lose, They might lose, like you said, they might lose a game on the road at Denver, on the road at L.A. Uh, maybe if they go, they who knows, they could lose to Buffalo right at home. Like they, A couple of years ago, the Chiefs had this weird thing where they lost games at home to teams they shouldn't have but still won a Super Bowl. Uh, they could do something like that this year. Um, but yeah, I tend to agree with you that LA could be a factor, uh, for sure. Um, but while we're out West, maybe we can switch conferences and then at the end, you know, we'll make some playoff predictions, but just quickly in the NFC, yeah, just quickly in the NFC, I think the NFC is not as great as it has been. And we talked about this a little bit before we started recording. What, what do you make of the NFC at large? And then we'll dive into the West, which I think is the most competitive division. Well, first of all, we agree again on that. The West will be fun to talk about. We talked about this pre-show. The NFC, for the first time that I remember in a long time, is not very deep in any way. You know, Drew Brees retired. 
There's a lot of uncertainty with Aaron Rodgers. I think besides Tom and Tampa, there's nobody else that can really say, I really trust this team. I trust some quarterbacks. I trust Wilson and Rodgers still. But Pete Carroll, to me, the jury's kind of been out on him the last few years. They've found they have not had the right offensive line protection, and, the, and they have not made enough plays to win. Um, Green Bay, we don't know how Aaron's going to play. Well, let me strike that. We know how he's going to play. He's going to be awesome. But how is it going to? How is everything going to affect their team? To me, that's a fair question. I just think the NFC is weak. The NFC is weak in terms of top to bottom depth. Yeah. I think I think they're pretty top heavy. And I think as we were laughing earlier, I scribbled out about three things on my picks to try to get three wild card teams. It was hard to find three teams that are going to fall into the playoffs. I think at the bottom. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you think about like the last decade or so. Uh, you know, the 2012, you had Colin Kaepernick's Niners. 2013, you had the Legion of Boom. 2014, they went back. You know, 2015, you had Cam Newton's Panthers. 2016, you had Matt Ryan's Falcons. 2017, you had the Eagles with a backup quarterback. 2018, you had the Rams with Jared Goff. 2019, you had yep. Jimmy Garoppolo. Last year, you had, um, you know, Brady welcoming himself to the conference with the Super Bowl berth. So, like, what what is going on? Like, every year that conference, like, you know, you're right. You're right. It was deep. Every, every year, someone new was winning. Um, someone new was winning that conference and making noise. And uh, I don't I don't think I, I agree. With you. I don't think that's the case this year. Uh, the NFC writ large is weak. Like you said, I trust quarterbacks. I don't trust teams. Uh, I don't trust um, anyone to really. Well, Got dark in it got dark in my room yeah. real quick. The sun went away. <laughs> yeah, well, I I don't trust anyone uh, to really challenge uh, some of those top defenses because I think that this year the NFC is when when the when the conferences is weak. It's about it's about defense to me and coaching. And I look at the West. You know, we'll start out West. The West is I think as wide open as any division we've talked about already. Any one of those four teams could win that division. Any one of those four teams could represent the conference in the Super Bowl, in my opinion. That's big, yes, that's a big. That's a big point. Yes, go ahead. I, I think for, I think they're and to a certain extent they could right. Like I, I think a lot would have to happen for the Cardinals to make the Super Bowl, for example, because they they don't seem like a team that has balls, right? Like they, I don't like. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Cliff Kingsbury doesn't scare me in a big game. Kyler Murray's still pretty young. That offense is still pretty young. Larry Fitzgerald's getting old. That defense is kind of old too. Um, well, Larry's not on the team right now. What happened he's, to him? Well, Larry's pondering retirement. He's unsigned right now. Well, even better. That makes my case yeah. even more. Like the it one, does. the no, one, the yeah. one. Cl- I didn't even know that. I haven't been paying attention to a lot of uh, Cardinals offseason moves. <laughs> but the really the one that but that was the guy you could point to in the room and be like, okay, he's got some experience. Chandler Jones, like I don't like. Well, they do have they do have DeAndre Hopkins though in Arizona. Oh, oh yeah, I I know I mentioned yeah. that. I mean their receivers are okay. good. Their receivers are good. They're yeah. stacked. DeAndre Hopkins. I'm with you, by the way. I'm with you in Arizona. A lot has to go right for them. I'm not a Kyler guy at all. I think he's too fragile to play in the league. Yeah. He, he gives me Robert Griffin the third vibes a lot but just smaller. Um, and I don't like Kingsbury. I think Kingsbury, you know, Kingsbury couldn't win at Texas Tech. So I'm not sure 
what allowed him to get that job. I also, well, I think yeah. they, they drafted him because, or they brought him in because they knew he would draft Murray um, because he's in love with, you know, that style of play and that, you know, how they play out there in that, in that conference and in, in the, uh, in the um, college football. But like, yeah, you made a great point about DeAndre Hopkins. I think he's the best receiver in football, personally. Yes. Um, but I don't think that's enough to overcome the rest of their problems. I, but with all that being said, I would, if you told me February that they're playing in the NFC title game and they're going on the road playing Tampa or whoever, I wouldn't be surprised. Now, I would go elsewhere in that division. I don't really know what to think about the 49ers. They can't decide who they want their quarterback to be. They can't decide, um, you know, they got some good receivers, uh, you know, uh, Debo. Samuel's really good. George Kittle as a tight end, he's great. He's awesome. Raheem Mostert's awesome. Uh, their defense is pretty good. Um, but I don't, they're not, every guy that they need to rely on has an injury history. Exactly. So it's like, how can they really be a team that you feel confident about? That's fair. I mean, this division's fun. When we were talking about this subject, we were thinking about these teams. But this is the first one we've talked about where I can honestly say, you know, we talked about Cincinnati. I have more confidence in these four teams winning their own division versus the AFC North, for example. Um, I'm just going to throw it out there. I actually have the L.A. Rams winning this division this year. I really, really like L.A.'s defense. I know McVay's stock has dropped a little bit these last few years. I still like Sean McVay quite a bit. And Stafford is so much better than Goff. It's not even funny. <laughs> so I think with proof quarterback, because McVay has shown McVay made Goff like a Super Bowl quarterback. That's that should be given a that's Belichick esque to me. Okay, yeah. I'm not saying that's at the same level, but to bring Goff to a Super Bowl to me yeah. that's incredible. Obviously they got their hat handed to him, but I just think. But did, in terms but of, did they you know, though the they? But did they like, though they lost oh, by oh, ten oh, points? But did they though they lost by ten points to the Pats? You know like. They're only two years removed, two and a half, almost three years removed from a Super Bowl berth with a below-average quarterback. You know, I yeah, and he's a, he's a fringe. He's a fringe. Goff to me is a fringe starter. Yeah, and well, and that's well. Don't forget, last year they didn't play him. He was like somewhat hurt, but they just still didn't play him at the end when they needed to. And uh, but I tend to agree with you, uh, and that was the reason I was nodding my head. Is uh, on my NFC preview show a couple weeks ago, I said it was going to be the Rams. And for the same reasons you said, I trust that defense. Matt Stafford, all he needs to do is just not screw up. And that's something that he doesn't really do. Like, if you look at him, he is a game manager. He played in a dome. He, not, you know, he throws for a lot of yards. Um, but he doesn't, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes because in big games, frankly, because he hasn't played in big games. And so, like, I don't think, I don't think that that would bother him. Like, he's just a veteran guy. You know he's not going, he's not going to really make huge mistakes. And they have a they have a solid offensive like, you know, arsenal around them, around him. You know some of their players. Yeah, they have a good team. They have talent on the roster. Yeah. I mean they were a playoff team. I mean they went. You right, McVeigh went with John Wofford last year. Yeah. Undrafted from Lake Forest. It's funny about John. John's a, actually was my uh, one of my buddies from Springfield's roommates at uh, Wake Forest. So that's kind of a a fun little nugget wow. for you there. That's interesting. Yeah, they both went to wait together, so that's kind of a cool little thing. So I'm, I definitely was happy 
little biased when they went with Wofford. No, but Stafford hasn't played in the big games, but you know, he's a Georgia guy. He's from warm weather. He'll be fine. He's going to love, he's going to love being in LA. They have a great defense still. I don't trust San Francisco because Grappolo, it's not if, it's when for him when he's going down for the year again. And we haven't talked about Seattle too much, Will, but besides Wilson, what else do you like in Seattle, really? Yeah, I mean, defense defense is old. Uh, They don't have – obviously, they're not the defense they were seven or or eight years ago. Um, They're having an issue with – you know, they seem to be having an issue with consistency – uh, and health uh, these past few years. Um, I do like their receivers. I love DK Metcalf. He's awesome. Yeah. He's going to get you a lot of yards. Uh, he's going to you know break a lot of tackles. He's going to be a big threat. But beyond that, I mean, I trust Wilson. I mean, at the end of the day, when it comes out in the wash, they're probably going to be an 11-6 club. I wouldn't bet against that. Yeah. Because that's Russell Wilson for you. They always find a way. Like, to me, Seattle's a playoff team for me still. They're just not the division winner. I think the Rams are probably a 12 or 13 win team. Yeah. If Agreed. everything goes the right way. Yeah, and, and yeah, and a lot of it depends on health and scheduling and when, if you get hot and when you get hot and who you play at what time and whatnot. Um, but I totally agree. All right, now the North is interesting because I think Green Bay will win the division. I think Detroit will be the last place team. So it's really those middle two, um, Chicago and Minnesota. I think Minnesota could challenge for a wild card just because they have a lot of talent. Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, he's not going to win you a Super Bowl, but he's also not going to, uh, you know, he's not going to, like, be awful. He, You know, he's not, he, <coughs> excuse me, he's like, um, he's like what Stafford used to be. Yes. He's going to give you a lot of yards, or what Stafford probably still is, right? He's going to give you a lot of yards. He just, you know, he'll win you some big games occasionally, but I don't think you'll ever win a Super Bowl with him. So I think Minnesota will challenge. I think they might steal a game from Green Bay here or there, uh, I think, and I think they'll be a wild card team. But it's still, it's still a Packers division as long as Aaron Rodgers is there. And you made a good point a few minutes ago. Aaron Rodgers... Does he want to be? He doesn't want to be Green Bay's quarterback. Does he no. want to? Does he want to be an NFL quarterback still? What does he want in life? I'm not sure. Um, right, like you know, he's engaged to a Hollywood actress or married to her. Like he wants to be the Jeopardy host. You know, he's, you know, he's he's just all over the place with what he wants. Um, and does he really want it? Is he is he gonna be committed? Is you know is he gonna end up with a home playoff game against the Cardinals or something and completely blow it? Because I could see that happening. If you told me that divisional weekend they're playing the Redskins at home, excuse me, the Washington Football Team at home, careful. and <laughs> careful, and that they lose, I would not I would not be surprised. Um, I would not be surprised if they lose to the Washington Football Team or to Arizona or to the Rams, or to Seattle at home in a playoff game. Or, you know, they have a gr- they have this great annual tradition of going to the NFC title game and losing uh, to somebody who ends up winning a Super Bowl. So I wouldn't doubt if that happens again either. So, well, you brought up a great point. Let's, I want to talk about Rodgers a little bit. You know, I Rodgers is so talented. He's so good. He can get away with being half in, half out in the regular season. 
He can get yeah. away with that. But let's people like to forget about this. He is one and four in NFC Championship games. One and four. And the one title he won, he could thank Charles Woodson for a big and that defense for a big part of it. Okay? Yeah. So when it really when push comes to shove, has he ever made the big play in the playoffs? Not really. They've always found a way to lose when it matters. And Aaron is to me is like the anti Favre. You know, Brett would play when his arm was hanging out of a socket. Okay, Aaron doesn't really seem that, even before all this, he was never really that, in my opinion, that interested or that fully, I need to win, I need this. Like, like Tom Brady's 40, you know, 44, 40, what is he, 44 now? I'm yeah. losing track. Okay, like Tom, obviously, I can go all day about Tom. Tom would play if his head was on backwards. Okay, he's going to play until they drag him off the field. Aaron's in pretty good health still and doesn't seem interested, like you said. So, you know, he's doing all this Jeopardy stuff. He's got these other engagements outside of football, which is great for him. But if I'm a Green Bay fan, I'm not sleeping too well coming into this season. I'm not feeling comfortable. I'm definitely not picking them to go to the Super Bowl. I I hope nobody else is. I I don't really see a world. To me, last year was their year to win. The MVP year, everything was going the right way. You had to go through Lambeau, and they still couldn't get it done. Well, I think you, you could, know? like, every year has supposed to, has supposed to been their year to win, right? It's always something with them, Will, isn't it? It's yeah, and I, I mean, them. I think the days, I think the days of Green Bay being a NFC title contender are close to being over. They're not over, but they're close to being over. And we saw this in 2019 where the Patriots, they started out 8-0, and they still had Brady, but you knew Brady was on his way out. There was this elephant in the room. They had an easy cupcake schedule. And next thing you knew, they lost the wildcard game at home to, at that point, not a great Titan team. Not the Titan team we saw last year. So I I think that the the Packers might have a year like that. You know, they might win their division. They might be a get-home-field for at least the first round. Although I guess now only the number one seed gets a bye. You know, but like I said a few minutes ago, would not surprise me in the slightest if they lose a game to someone like the Washington football team or the New Orleans Saints who sneak in as a wild card or anyone Even like Seattle that. Seattle will. Yeah. Seattle wild card team. If if you're telling me if it's if it's Green Bay and Seattle divisional round, I'm putting everything on Seattle. Yeah. Just I don't even care because when when push comes to shove in a tough game, you pick against Rodgers and it usually works out for you. Yeah. Well, and I think last year, their road to playing in the NFC title game was a little weak. You know, they they got John Wofford's Rams, I believe, in the in the you know at home. That that was a win, right? Um, of course. Meanwhile, Brady, he went on the road three times to win a Super Bowl, and so that's actually a good transition to the South. Like, do you see? Do you see a world where Tampa is not hosting the NFC title game? Well, if I put all my personal likes aside, I still think it's Tampa's it's Tampa's division and home field to lose. They they got everybody back. Tom's comfortable for another year. They know they can do it now. I just don't see a world where where they're not to me, this might be a little bold. To me they're fifteen and two, fourteen and three. I, I really believe that. I mean, they have everything they need. 
Tom finally has a coach who is allowing Tom to be Tom, which he's allowed him to play more comfortable, more free, and just frankly, he's the numbers haven't been better, but I feel like for where we're at with him now, he's just he's playing as well or maybe a little bit below where he's been his whole career. Not numbers wise, you know what I mean, but just like impact wise, making all the throws, yeah. team success. He's got a good defense around, really good defense, really good running game. Sol- he's got Gronk there still. He's got a great receiving core. And frankly, Drew Brees retired, okay? And that division to me is one of the worst now in the NFL, I think. I'm not really big on the Panthers. I don't know who's going to be taking snaps for them. Um, and who am I missing that division? Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta, yeah. Atlanta. Eh, Matt Ryan's almost 36, 37 years old. They weren't even good last. They they had a lot hard time winning last year. You know, I could see maybe the Bucks maybe losing a game in the division to an Atlanta to a Panthers maybe, but I don't think the division's in any sort of question. Oh, absolutely. I don't think so either. And and I think maybe Tampa flops early. Like maybe there is a Super Bowl hangover. Like in, maybe they start one and two or something, right? But I think maybe. The, but I think they finish. You know, fourteen and three, at worst thirteen or four, uh, in my opinion, and uh, they really, they really do have, basically the you know the wind at their sails at this point. Um, it's you know it's funny that you mentioned the rest of the division. The Panthers are a complete joke. Like Christian McCaffrey, he's coming back from injury. You know, I like him, but if you, he's not going, if your best player is a running back. You're probably not going to be a Super Bowl champion. Um, Unless you're Derrick Henry, in my opinion. And he's not Derrick Henry. Yeah. Fair? Yeah, I fair. Mean, fair, I guess. I, 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 I guess I still, I'm, just, well, I'm just super high on Henry. I, I, still, I still don't yeah. think that the Titans are going to win the Super Bowl. Um, oh, no. Don't, yeah. don't put me on yeah. that train. But. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll get, we'll get there in a second. Um, but, yeah, yeah, elsewhere, I mean, elsewhere in that division – you think last year they the Buccaneers they they finished I believe were they eleven and five I think they were eleven and they five and, and two of their losses right were to um were to the uh, New Orleans Saints who aren't in that um aren't in that uh aren't in that echelon anymore without Drew Brees so like the New Saints will be fine they're going to push they might beat Tampa once right but I I don't think. You know, you can't pencil them in for two games against the Buccaneers like you could four or five years ago. Um, also, we did talk about the Bears, but Tampa lost to the Bears last year. Um, so I know in the North, I know we're talking about the South, but the the Bears, I don't think they're going to be great either. But you think about some of the teams that Tampa lost to last year. I don't think that's happening again. Um, I think the big question with Tampa is uh, can they keep everyone bought in? And I think the answer is yes. Because uh, that's just what the kind of player that Brady is. Like some of these super teams, because let's face it, they are a super team. They have they talent at every position. Some of these super teams have a hard time keeping everyone bought in. Uh, but I, I, I just don't see that being a problem with uh, with with Brady. Uh, you know, the, he can he gets twenty two guys to listen to him, right? Um, and 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 I think the big question now is really about the NFC. Um, in the, in the Buccaneers in particular, is if they're not hosting the NFC title game, who is? And I think it would probably be L.A. Um, I said on yeah. my I said on my show a couple weeks ago, 
the NFC title game is either going to be played in Tampa, Florida, or in uh, L.A. at the brand-new stadium. I don't think it's going to be played anywhere else. Uh, I'm, with, I'm with that 100%. I, unless some crazy things would have to happen for that not to be the case, in yeah. my opinion. All right, and I know we'll talk about the, we'll talk about this in a second. We do have to we do just for you know due diligence have to spend ten seconds talking about the eight, NFC East, which I believe is garbage. Um, I'm actually excited for this one because I'm going to make some people surprised. I think. All right. So. All right, go go for it. Go for it. So this division to me is like a free bet because if you get it wrong, who cares? It's the NFC East. They're all going to be what. You think eight wins is going to do it this year for that division? Well, with seventeen, with seventeen games, I think the magic number is ten. Okay, well, okay, that's that's fair. I guess I'm being a little bit uh, pessimistic. I got the New York Football Giants with that division. Interesting. Um, yeah, just no real sound reasoning. Uh, I don't love Philly. I think Hurts to me is not really the answer. Wow. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's a long-term answer. This is the first time saying, we've disagreed in the whole podcast, I believe. Go, go, really? Continue. Yeah, continue. Yeah, so just real quick about Philly, the new coach. We'll see. They're not really a, a worry to me. Dallas finds a way to lose. They're very good at that. Um, the football team, their quarterback situation is still a problem. I love Chase Young, love their defense. But again, you need a quarterback. And I just think Daniel Jones, to me, has a really high ceiling. He hasn't played very well in these last couple of years. I know you're kind of smirking at me a little bit, but he's shown to me, you can't deny he's shown flashes of really high level of play. Yeah. Now, he's got a turnover problem. He's got a consistency problem. He's got an injury problem. But I think it goes back to my whole mantra about they have a head coach who I like in Joe Judge from the Patriots tree. That hasn't always been great, but recently it's been better with the whole Belichick yeah. assistance thing. So I'm going to take a little leap and go with uh, my least favorite team of all time, the Giants. <laughs> it's interesting that a UNC guy would pick a Duke quarterback, you know, as someone who's, who he's going to believe in. All right. I will say, though, I this division, is it's wide open like the others, but not necessarily in the same way. I don't think any of the teams in this division will represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Um, I think... I don't really love Philly, but I like Hertz. I think Hertz is the answer for them long term. I believe in his maturity and his NFL readiness and his ability to be a dual threat quarterback without sacrificing his body like some of his peers. He's not Kyler Murray. He's not Lamar Jackson. He's closer to Russell Wilson than those two. I'm not saying he will be Russell Wilson. I'm just saying he can throw. He can throw. Some of these guys can't throw. He's like Josh Allen. Josh Allen can throw. He can also run. He's not a one-dimensional quarterback. Uh, so I like him in that regard. I also think he has the maturity to handle this um, you know, sort of bizarre transition that the franchise is going through. Uh, but I, I still don't love them to win the division. I think the division will be uh, Washington or Dallas. I think Dallas could win the division but not really go anywhere in the playoffs. This is That's usually what they like to do. I do – Dak, he, he's coming off an injury um, – I don't know if they can trust him. They don't have... I don't even know who their backup is uh, down there. Could be Cam Newton by the end of the week, for all, for, for, for all we know. Um, but I don't really know what, what's going on um, with, the, with the Washington quarterback situation. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he, he's like... He's a, 
I don't know why everyone loves him. I, I don't, I'm not sold. And I don't like to be too quarterback sim- simplistic when it comes to like, oh, well, their quarterback is bad, so they can't win. It matters. It does matter, but it's not the only, only factor. Um, I think, I like using this term, I've used it a lot, but I think they could play spoiler. Um, the, all they need to do is just not, you know, puke on themselves. Look, they won the division last year because Dak got hurt, number one. But also, number two, they were able to weather the storm. They had three guys play quarterback for them last year. And they had Alex Smith, Dwayne Haskins, and I believe Kyle Allen at one point. Tyler Henneke, Tyler Henneke, too. In the, yeah, and then him in the, in him in the playoffs. So yes. I think I think there's a um, large possibility of them still winning the division, um, but but uh, I think I think if I had to pick, I'd say the Cowboys if Dak can be healthy. Um, so uh, we'll just now that we know how we all feel about the teams, give me your one through seven for each conference. Just give me your whole playoff scenario okay. for each conference, and then so we'll, and then I'll give you just, mine. Let me just go through first what I have. Yeah. We didn't talk about wild cards yet. So, division winners, Buffalo, Kansas City, Cleveland, and Tennessee. And then my three wild card teams are New England, Baltimore, and the LA Chargers. That's that's what I'm going with. All right. I I think Kansas City is the one seed. All right. I'll, I'll, say, I'll say that. And who do you think is in the AFC title game? Well, obviously, it's going to depend on side of bracket, all this and that. But if I'm just going two best teams, yeah, I'm going to say Kansas City, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to say I'm going to say Cleveland. I'm going to do it. Interesting. Love it. Love it. I wanted to say I wanted to say Buffalo, but I I just have I love Cleveland. I do. I love their nice. roster. I love their coach. I nice. talked about it. So I got to say, I got City's going to AFC East. Oh, AFC. Yeah, I gotta stay consistent with what I said on my show by myself a couple weeks ago. Uh, I think Kansas City's gonna be the one seed. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if it's Buffalo. Um, that whoever wins that game between them will probably end up being the getting having the one seed and getting the home field. Um, two, I like Buffalo at two. I like um, from the from the north. I like. Uh, I like uh, Baltimore at three, winning the division. Um, I like at four from the wet, uh, from the east. Sorry, who did I miss? Oh, the south. I like Tennessee as the four seed from the south. Uh, and then my wild cards, I like the Pats. I like the Colts. And I like the... Because uh, I like the Colts' young offensive weapons. I think they got some good, neat young offensive weapons. And as long as... Carson Wentz can stay on the field. I think they might, which is a huge if. I think they might sneak in. And then I also like the, um, who am I leaving out? Wild cards, Colts, Pats. Uh, and then it's down to two teams for me. It's down to the Chargers and the Steelers. Oh. And I think Ben, I think because I can't rely on Ben, I have to go with the Chargers being the seven uh, and the Pats being the six and then the uh, the Colts being the five. So you're uh, are you you're still a believer in Carson Wentz? Is that I'm a believer in that team as a collective, um, because they weren't awful last year, uh, and they have an easy schedule. And I would not be surprised if the Titans struggle and lose a game to them and leave the door open for the for them to still be in the playoff hunt. 
And also, another reason why is I don't love Miami. I love Miami's coach. I don't love Miami. I don't love Miami elsewhere. Uh, I also don't really love Vegas. I don't really like Denver. Although all these teams could be a wild card. I'm just not saying they can't be. I'm just saying who I like and dislike. Uh, I'm with and, you on that, honestly. I and, guess. you know, I like Cincinnati, but they're not ready yet. You know, so I think... I don't know why my screen went blue there. Uh, I'm not... <laughs> I don't think I don't think Cleveland's gonna make the playoffs. I don't think so. Wow. Okay. That's a big one. Okay. Uh, I th- I think that it's it's down to I think they'll I think so, my gut tells me that someone's gonna get hurt. I think. Um. That's all. Hey, listen. I tell you, we have a so. Okay. So who is your AFC championship? game? I think my AFC Let's championship game just staying consistent with what I said. Um, yep. went on my podcast a few weeks ago, which is no, I did make a point that I don't love Cleveland. Um, is that uh, I think my AFC title game will be Buffalo in Kansas City, and it will be played again at the winner of whoever uh, wins that regular season game, whether it's in Arrowhead or up in uh, Buffalo. I don't know. Um, although I did say on my show a couple weeks ago that sometimes when there's a rematch, I'm not saying this is going to happen. But sometimes when there's a rematch of an AFC title game, the team that lost the year before, they come back and win. And I'm thinking, happened to the Pats with the Ravens back in 2012. Yep. Very much happened again. Um, but I, I'll probably end up regretting my non-Cleveland, non, I'm not a believer hey, in Cleveland. stick with that because if you're right, that's a huge one because I feel like more people are going to be with the, the Chiesa-Cleveland trendy pick versus missing the playoffs. Yeah. Which is good for you. If yeah. you get that right, then i got to give it to you again. And the Colts, I like the Colts because, look, they're going to get to play, just like Tennessee, though, they're going to get to play Houston and Jacksonville twice. You know, that could be three or four yeah. wins there. And Indianapolis, they get to, uh, I don't know their schedule, but I know they're not playing a first-place schedule because the Titans are. So they're going to play, like, the Dolphins because the Dolphins came in second. That's probably a win for them. They're going to probably play the, I, I think, either the Raiders or the Broncos out west. That's probably Raiders. a win for them, right? They're playing a second-place schedule, I believe. And then also, I don't know who the South is matched up against in the other conference, but let's say they split over there. Now we're starting to add up wins here, and they're suddenly, like, approaching 10. So... Okay. That's that's kind of where whereas Cleveland, there I don't know who the North is matched up against, but you know they gotta play that division which we talked about. They gotta play Pittsburgh twice, who I know they beat last year. They gotta play Baltimore twice. It's tough. So that's why that's why I, I like I, Indianapolis. I could see no, I could see Cleveland winning three out of four against Baltimore and Pittsburgh. I'm yeah. probably the minority there, but yeah. I that's where I I think they could easily sweep Pittsburgh. Honestly, interesting, and All I right. think they, they could split with Baltimore. Right. That's I, I'm pretty high on them. Yeah. I am so. Yeah. So so who do you like out? Uh, so who do you like out west? Um, I'm uh, sorry, out west in the NFC. Because okay, I because so, we didn't really you didn't did you pick the Rams right? I did to win that I division. Did. Do you think they're going to be the one seed? Or do you think Tampa's going to be the one seed? That's kind of where I was going with that. Okay, so to me, Tampa's the one seed. Okay. I. I think so um my wild cards out in the nfc are seattle which is the only wild card i'm confident in um i actually have minnesota there as well for the yep. reasons we talked about 
I think you covered Kirk Cousins in Minnesota very well. I love Justin Jefferson. If Dalvin Cook's healthy, he's great too. Um, and then this, well, this third wild card, I crossed out three different names, and I'm actually going back to our favorite division. I'll take the 49ers to sneak in. All right. I'm going with that. I, I think, and that's just by a smidgen over Arizona. Yeah, and the 49ers, they have a talented roster if they can stay healthy. So um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with them. Uh, I tend to agree. I'm thinking Tampa's going to be the one seed. I think the Rams are going to be the two seed. I think the three seed's probably going to be the Packers. I don't love, I don't love the Packers, but it's probably going to be them. Uh, number four, uh, I think it's going to be the Cowboys. Uh, number five, I think the wild card, first wild card will be Seattle. Uh, I think the next wild card will be um, the Vikings, like you. And so we're, the only place where I'll really differ from you uh, is at seven. Uh, I, I, do like the, um, I do like the Cardinals as a wild card team this year. Um, simply because they're, they're got another year under their belt. We already talked about how DeAndre Hopkins is the best receiver in the league. I don't love their big game ability, but they just need to not, you know, be terrible in the regular season to get there. Now, the only other team I contemplated in this spot, uh, was Washington. Um, and then I also, yeah, I also thought about New Orleans and I also thought about, um, Chicago, but I don't really know what to expect out of their quarterbacks, which I guess is the same with Washington, but I like Washington's defense the best of those three. So I did con- contemplate okay. them being a wild card, but probably not because they're going to not have a good enough record. Um, yeah. And then I think, I think Tampa will host the uh, NFC title game uh, against the Rams. I don't know if they'll win it though, because I do love, I, I do like the Rams. I, I don't know. I think. Me too. Hey, yeah. Me too. Yeah. I like the Rams. I I it, I think I I think I would say that the Buccaneers will go back to the Super Bowl, um, but I, I do really think that Final Four is as rock solid as I can really like. Uh, you know the Rams, the Chiefs, the Buccaneers, and the Bills. I that's just who I see and who I like right now. Could change, but it's a preseason, so this is what we're doing. I'm with you though. I I have a if it's not those. Well, for me, I have Cleveland barely over Buffalo, but those three for me, uh, Tampa Bay, Los Angeles, Kansas City. Some crazy things, and they have happened. Some things would have to really go wrong for those teams to not be there. Um, so, are you going with Tampa to go back? Yeah, I think I think it's gonna there? I think it's gonna be okay. if it's not Tampa, Kansas City again, it will it will be Kansas City, LA. That's who I think. Same, yeah. Which is boring, but in the NFL, you hate to do that because you just never know. But we talked, we talked about ad nauseum. Uh, The depth is top heavy in a league across the board. I'm I'm trusting the teams that are good. You know, anybody who wants to be a Brady doubter can go watch him beat Breeze and Rodgers on the road in his first year with this team to get to the Super Bowl. And then go beat Mahomes. Yeah. And then go and beat Mahomes. Yeah. Defense helps a lot. I'm gonna I'm gonna get killed for that. I'm not yeah. just saying Brady threw for four hundred yards every game, but yeah. He's the people like to say he's not the difference. He is the difference. Yeah, and, okay. and in a normal year, if yeah. the Chiefs hadn't have upgraded, if they didn't upgrade their offensive line, which we didn't even talk about, they added Orlando Brown and they added Joe Tooney from the Pats. 
If they hadn't done that and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire wasn't in year two, I might say that the Chiefs might not win the AFC because they're yeah, vulnerable. Yeah. But I think they fixed their vulnerability. You know, I think... I agree. I mean, they didn't, they didn't stand still, right? Yeah. They got what they needed. So yeah. I agree with you. All right. Well, hey, hey, before we wrap up the show, uh, I did want to mention we're both huge Pats fans. We're both in our mid-20s. David Patton passed away last week. Uh, He was the first player to ever catch a postseason touchdown from Tom Brady and a Super Bowl touchdown from Tom Brady. If you go back, you look at his stats in 2001 playoffs. He was dynamite. He was a really big factor in all of those early Super Bowl years. Um, He was a man of faith. I know you to be one as well. And uh, he was just a, supposedly, obviously, didn't, I was really young when he played, but he was a great, great player for the uh, early Patriots team. So I just wanted to see if you had any thoughts on David Patton, if you, anything you remember. Yeah, well, um, really sad news about he was only 47 years old. Um, you know, for me, when I found out about this news and I was coming on the show, I did a, I did some reading on just reading up on David and uh, – David really helped set the tone for the Belichick Foundation in terms of the Patriot culture. You know, David was a no-nonsense guy from what I've read and from what I remember and from all the roles he played. He never said no. Team first. All about the ball club. All about winning. You know, he's kind of in that Brady mindset. He was in that Brady mindset of, I'm being told I can't, so I'm going to do it. And they did it. You know, three-time Super Bowl champion. As you said, I was more of a fan of David as a man and off the field, I really have a lot of respect for what he what he stood for and, and who he was. And uh, it's really sad that he's gone. But from all accounts, uh, great teammate, great man, um, great follower of Christ. So he'll be missed. It's uh, it's really sad to see to see somebody uh, so young uh, pass. Oh, absolutely. And I, I, I agree. And, you know, I wanted to check on a stat while you were going through that, um, you know, to make sure I had the information right. But, you know, other than, the, you know, other than that one second where I was distracted, I did, I do agree with everything you said. I, he's one of those guys who um, early on that those early Patriots teams, they had s- sort of like, they didn't really have superstars, but they had like locker room superstars. Uh, and think about everything that the 2001 Pats were and what they meant to this country, what they meant to, um, the region who had gone through decades of mediocrity. Uh, and then for him to play such a uh, crucial role in that team, uh, some of the iconic things, which is what I was looking up that I remember was that pass that he caught in the Super Bowl where it's falling on his back and he's making an acrobatic catch or there were a couple ones where, he actually threw a touchdown pass to Troy Brown. He was the between Troy Brown's touchdown from Patton all the way to the double pass with Edelman and Amendola 13 years later. That was the only time someone other than Tom Brady had thrown a touchdown pass uh, wow. was David Patton up until that point. And um, David Patton, he, he, like you said, he was a great locker room guy. He was a man of faith. I think I've seen a lot of people um, who played back then, you know, put stuff on social media, Ben Watson in particular, talking about how much of a uh, role model David Patton was to him. And also, like, you got to remember, David Patton was sort of part of this, like, 
sort of like average receiving core that really just rose to the moment. Like David Gibbons wasn't a great receiver. David Patton wasn't necessarily a world stopper. Troy Brown was probably the best receiver of that group. But all of those guys, they knew how to play together. And I think that's why I think that's why he was such a big big part of that team. And like you said, it's it's sad that he left behind a young family to only be forty seven. I mean, Tom Brady's 44. I mean, they're not that much different in age. Um, you know, David Patton, I read that he was just doing an autograph um, autograph signing in Massachusetts last week. Um, so wow. for him to just uh, pass away so soon is, is really sad. And the, uh, in the NFL world will miss guys like that. You know, like those, those guys, those really good locker room guys, like they don't necessarily – get the um, get the off the field uh, respect or the on the field respect that they deserve. And the Patriots have just been so rich with those guys. I mean, Matt yes. Slater, Devin McCourty, um, people like that. Obviously, back in the day, it was David Givens, D- David Patton, um, Ben Watson. Ben Watson. Like yeah. uh, and then they uh, also uh, Richard Seymour tweeted out uh, some respect for him, too, because those guys were close. Uh, so yeah, they had some really good locker room guys in those early years, um, and uh, it really does, it really does show that uh, this, the NFL is a brotherhood, and that these guys are human beings, and uh, I just I felt it would be remiss if we didn't talk about that being Pat's fans, um, and uh, I was talking to my mom over the weekend about it, and we started we started thinking about how sad it's going to be when this starts to happen more frequently with some of these, when we start to get older and some of these guys right. subsequently start to get older, how sad it's going to be um, and how it's it's really imperative that you take things into, you take things into uh, perspective and context and know that nothing is, nothing is internal. You know, I don't want to get too deep with you, but I know you had COVID. You know, I know that, yes. you know, you, you had a battle. I mean, some of these things, they just, they do have, Sports is awesome, but sports isn't life, you know. And uh, I think people like well. people yeah. like David Patton, they um they they kind of em- emphasize that. And also, you know, your life experiences, you realize that sports is awesome, but it's it's not usually life or death, you know. You know, it's fun to talk about it and sit here, but you know, like I said, you know, I I had a life uh, threatening battle with COVID this this last uh, early spring. And I'll tell you, you know, I'm just so grateful to be here and to be able to chat sports and debate about, you know, the uh, secondary of the Patriots versus, you know, whatever. It's 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 fun. Um, you nailed it, though. When you see stories like this, it's easy to just get into rhythm of life of just clicking through the days. I got to get through work. I got to get through this. I got to take care of my family. But it's important to take a step back and just really appreciate, you know, what's going on, what we have and you know, just everything that we are able to do. I think yeah. that's important. So. Yeah, and I, I actually think that the pandemic has really brought out a lot of perspective in people, both inside and out of sports. You know, I, I, I saw some college football crowds over the weekend, and, I'm, you know, a lot of people, you know, they wanted to make a COVID thing about it. But I'm looking at it, and I'm, I'm thinking, like, there's something unique about sports that brings people together, you know? And, yeah. and I, I always believe... I, and I always advocate for this. We advocated for this on our old show together. It's that we, I do believe in the unifying power of sports, I believe. So in a way, it, it does transcend um, you know, just what happens on the field. 
but but you, you know you're right. You, you can't take anything for granted. Uh, you know the fact that you know we get to you know we get to talk about this you know for fun and we get to you know have internet access and talk to each other from hundreds of miles away and it's uh it's a privilege to, you know to live here and to you know have this have this opportunity so you know without getting too serious cuz you know you you and I you know we're serious people but you know at the end of the day we do like to have fun and uh yes, just before we go do you have any memories of the old show I do reference it a lot on my new show do you have any big memories that stand out about oh. the old show well, I'm just really grateful for the time on the show. Really, our friendship developed quite a bit over the show. And you know, for those who don't know, I we both went to the same school, and I was uh, a year older than you. And just you know, meeting you through a mutual friend of ours, and sharing a lot of the same philosophical values that we do that I think is important for people to have in, in terms of friendship um, was really fun. And just how we were able to grow that show, you know, you really put in a lot of legwork. And, you know, towards the end of our time together, we were really able to, I think, really have a positive impact on our campus and have, you know, support of our, our athletic teams and bringing a positive light to uh, to guys who maybe wouldn't have gotten that. I really just enjoyed those conversations and, you know, guys we were able to bring on and it was time, really the time we spent together, whether it be upstairs at the, uh, at the lodge or um, off in the conference room. Yeah. Just a lot, just really, the, the non-sports parts are really what I remember the most, yeah. you know, yeah. things like that. I remember we had some really good, we had some really good shows um, that year debating, debating the Celtics, because that was like when the Celtics were kind of like meddling, so we had some pretty good debates that year. We had some big like Brady Jordan debates back in the day yes. on, the, on the show. Uh, we talked a lot about our, that year, our our school basketball team was really good. So we talked a lot about them. We talked a lot about um, the, the school baseball team. We had a couple of baseball guys on. So I definitely remember that. Yeah. Uh, and yes. uh, and it, it, it does, it does, you're right. It, it didn't bring a positive light uh, to the campus. And, you know, people, people were really sad when uh, we didn't do it anymore. Um, but I, I don't think, I, I think that we got good at it. You know, I, I don't think it was just like two guys with, you know, a laptop trying to like make it. I think people did really enjoy the show. Um, so, and I, I hope we can do the same here. So, hey, it was a pleasure to have you on talking sports. Um, but uh, thanks, again, thanks again for joining us. Uh, so if, if you, if anyone, if anyone wants to uh, hear more of what we've had to say, I'm sure you can find us on SoundCloud uh, from five or six years ago. Otherwise... Uh, if you haven't listened to it already, it's still a uh, relevant topic. Is uh, a couple of years ago we did the twenty tens in review. Uh, Cam and I anchored that show, so if you haven't listened to that, definitely would consider uh, you going to do that. Uh, but thanks again for joining us, Cam. Well, thank you so much, my friend. It was good to catch up and chat. Awesome. Thanks. Take care. And there it was, my conversation with Cam Chiesa. Like I said at the outset, I hope you all enjoyed our conversation. We have a ton of fun talking sports together. Always have, certainly always will. Definitely respects Cam and everything um, that he's been doing uh, as an educator and as a uh, coach. Um, That's the future of sports right there. 
and uh, we, we had a great time talking like we always have. And um, just like my other guests on the program, whether that be Josh Ricker or Jackson Winslow, every time I sit down with one of these guys, I learn more about their takes and about uh, their perspective on all the big topics in sports. So it's always a great time. I encourage you to sit back uh, and continue to listen to some of our episodes from the past if you have a time. Um, some of our content is still relevant uh, even to this day, even though uh, we try and talk about the most timely stories in sports. Uh, sometimes they stand the test of time. Our podcast back in December 2019 with Cam uh, and the guys from New London certainly uh, meets that criteria. Uh, I also hope you like, share, and subscribe to the show. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever you call it, as well as Stitcher and Google Podcasts. You can also listen to my morning show every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at uh, 7 a.m. Eastern, and then it will obviously be available for playback throughout the week. Uh, that's called the Morning Advantage, and you can find that on on Instagram by visiting at HomeFieldPod, and you can follow us on Twitter at SportlandUSA and at HomeFieldPod. I appreciate your steadfast listenership and your time this holiday weekend, and before we know it, we will be in the thick of the NFL and college football season and the MLB playoffs. So we're stacked up for a great month here ahead. Um, but until next time, my name is Will Highland. This is Home Field Advantage for September 6th, 2021. If you liked this podcast, please subscribe on your favorite provider, including Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. And if you want to make Home Field Advantage part of your weekly routine, Check out our sister program, The Morning Advantage, with new episodes on Instagram TV every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, starting September 1st. Home Field Advantage and The Morning Advantage are presented by Sportland USA, and opinions shared in them do not reflect those of any other company, outlet, person, or entity.